Welcome to that Groovy Scoopcast, your go-to audio hub for all things Scooby-Doo. Right now, we're dealing with a really scary scarecrow. Be very quiet, Derek. He may be hiding up ahead. But Shannon, what do we do if we find him? Well, we just remain calm and cool and scream our heads off. My name is Derek. And I'm Shannon. Aren't you happy we're returning to the new Scooby-Doo movies this week, Shannon? Oh, I'm so thrilled. Aren't you? No. (laughs) Thank you for joining us again, guys. This week we came back to the new Scooby-Doo movies to watch the episode The Frickert Fracas. I was hoping it'd be really, really good. I I just want one good episode from this series. That's all I'm asking. Did you not find it this week? Spoiler alert, not my favorite, didn't hate it. Okay. All right. (laughs) Well, before we dive on into that, we are going to get started with our weekly Mystery Machine match. As always, Shannon, you can go first. What type of hat does Yabadoo wear? It's like a cowboy hat? Yeah. Cool. Shannon, here's your first question. On what islands is the group vacationing in... A tiki scare is no fair. Hawaiian or Falklands? Oh, I have no idea. It's Hawaiian. (laughs) Just watched that episode last week. That wasn't hard for you. Yeah, if I got that wrong, I'd be really disappointed. Oh, I would be with you too. What's your next question? Which friend's uncle owns a ranch where the Mystery Inc. encounters a giant flying bull? Uh, is it Velma? No, it's Daphne. Is it Daphne? Okay. I, 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 what episode was that? I have no idea. It doesn't, it doesn't tell say? me. Oh, I hate it when it doesn't tell you the episode title. <laughs> I need like, some sort of reference. That might be a little helpful. <laughs> okay, Shannon, here's your next question. Who was the voice of Weird from the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo? Dan Rowan or Art Johnson? I, I wouldn't know. <laughs> Dan Rowan? It was Art Johnson. Honestly, that's what I was going to say at first, and then I went, no. (laughs) (laughs) What's your last question this week? If you don't get this, because this is your favorite thing. What villain follows the gang inside a video game in Scooby-Doo and the Cyber Chase? The Phantom Virus. (gasps) You're right. (laughs) What is with us always getting Cyber Chase questions? I don't know, because you know them all, and I don't know any of them. Well, also... That one I would have gotten, but... But these cards aren't, like categorized by era or movie, anything like that. So there's evidently just a lot of questions in this game about the cyber chase. All right. Well, here's your last question. And if you don't get this, you're fired from that groovy scoop cast. Fuck. (laughs) What color are the letters on the mystery machine? Orange. Yes. Well, that finishes this week's mystery machine match four to four. You're putting on a tough fight this season, Shannon. I don't want to eat hot dog tacos again. (laughs) (laughs) We're still figuring out what we're going to eat by the end of the season, but we'll see. Well, are you ready to start talking about the Fricker Fracas? I guess so. Okay. I don't feel like I have a lot to talk about with this episode. I wrote five pages, and I really feel like we're going to fly past them. Because it's just, there's so much, there's so much nothing going on in this episode, I feel like. A lot of my notes are just, that was pointless, this was pointless. And, like, I did I did like the episode, kind of. I think Jonathan Winters was kind of funny. Um, you can definitely tell he's a comedian, so, like, he definitely had, like, those comedic points. He's cracking jokes throughout the entire episode. Yeah, I loved him and Shaggy's dynamic together. It was really funny because at one point, and I'll say it again when that comes up, but... Neither of them are afraid to tell the other, like, I'm a chicken shit. I don't want to do this. And, like, neither pressures the other into doing something they don't want to do. Like, they'd rather flip a coin than be like, well, here's a Scooby snack if you'll do it. Yeah. So I just, I liked that dynamic. It was funny. I wouldn't mind, like, a sideshow of, like, the the three of them. Like, that'd be kind of funny. Them two and Scooby. I don't really think they'd do anything because they definitely (laughs) wouldn't go into a haunted house. But it'd be funny to watch. Well, it took them like five minutes to not even go into a mill building. No. So (laughs) I don't know what they do in this sideshow that I'm imagining, but it'd be funny. 
Well, we'll give you guys the premise for the Frickert Fracas coming from Scoobypedia. When the gang volunteer to drive Jonathan Winters to his friend Maud Frickert's house, they run into a scarecrow that's alive and people trying to steal a secret formula that makes a giant chicken. My problem with the new Scooby-Doo movies is just the episodes are so long and they feel twice as long than what they really are. I will say I like that we got a Tiki Scares No Fair and the Fricket Fricket Fracas. You really struggle with that word. I do. I like that we got those two back to back. Yeah. Because a Tiki Scare felt so long even though it was only 22 minutes and the fricket felt long and it was long but like at least it had comedic in it i don't know i i found the fricker fracas more funny because it was trying to be funny like i was actually laughing with it at some points as opposed to laughing at a tiki scare is no fair exactly so you know the episode starts with the gang they're driving through the country they don't really have a destination. They don't say, like, where they're going. No. They're just on their road trip. But their whole exchange throughout the road trip is so, like, weird and pointless. Like, the very first line you see, like, it opens up, fades into them, you know, in their usual seats, sitting in the mystery machine. And Daphne goes, hmm, country, or whatever, you know, it's how you're talking it's about. It's so relaxing. And, and, you know, so then they talk about food, whatever. Like, it's their usual comments, But it just seemed so weird and pointless. Like, why are you here? Where are you going? Like, where are you going? Why are you here? What are you doing? And then, like, Fred is randomly, like, everything they were saying, it felt like they were talking but not listening to each other. Mm -hmm. The only person who was, like, listening and made a comment based on what someone else had said was Velma because Shaggy said something about being hungry. Yeah. Um, But otherwise, everyone was just kind of speaking. They weren't listening to each other because randomly Fred just goes, well, gang... We're going to start walking soon because he's about to run out of gas. And then right as he says that. Oh, there's a gas station. And, you know, that's my first question, though, is why is Fred so bad at taking care of his car? The mystery machine is constantly, like, breaking down or running out of gas or something. It's like, Fred, you need to monitor that shit. Yeah, like, get your life together. Um, They stop at the gas station, and that's when Jonathan Winters, dressed up as a gas station attendant, walks out. And he's talking about how they just interrupted his dinner. He was eating alphabet soup. And he starts listing off the letters of the alphabet. And he stops at G and asks what comes after G. And then Velma tells him H. I suspect that that wasn't him trying to be funny. I think he genuinely does not know the alphabet. I think that Velma knew who he was the moment he stepped out of that building. Well, she's she's the the one that did tell them that, you know, that's who he is. But I think that, like... I. I think she knew exactly who she, who he was the second she saw him. And then when he was like, well, what comes after G? Like, the way that she says H is like, I'm going to go along with it and see how far he's going to go, which is what you, which is something you would do with a comedian. And the rest of the gang is like, is he stupid? Like, what is going on? Right, Shaggy's just like, are you playing us? Like- well, and, <laughs> and at one point when they were like, all right, fill her up. And he turns around, he's like, Phil, what up? And Daphne literally, like, got pissed and was like, the fucking gas tank. And he was like, whoa, no need to, like, get mad. Well, he says that he's new here. He's been here for six months. I feel like that's a good amount of time for you to know how to fill a gas tank if you are a gas station attendant. Yeah. You never see a gas station attendant actually fill the mystery machine. No, and, like, which is funny because gas station attendants were a thing. In some states, they still are. So it's weird that we haven't seen one before. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't out of the ordinary to see one, like in my opinion, for this day and age, because what this was in the seventies. Yeah, seventy-two. Yeah, so this wasn't like something out of the ordinary. Like I don't think people would be like, "Oh, that's weird." Whereas, like now, we'd be like, "Why is there a gas station attendant?" Like that doesn't happen. Yeah. So Jonathan Winters explains to the gang that he's on his way to go see his friend Maud Fricker. And his car's broken down, and, you know, it's going to be a couple hours before his car's ready to go. So the gang offers to drive him there. And Maud Fricker, from what I understand, I don't really know all that much about Jonathan Winters other than the fact that, you know, he's a comedian. And Maud Fricker is one of the characters that he used to do, like, in his bits. So Maud Fricker is, like, not really a real person. 
like she's not based on anyone in real life. It's just a character that Jonathan Winters plays. And then Hanna Barbera made a character off of the character that he played, and is well, he voices her yeah. in this episode, which I think is kind of cool. It's cool, and then like it's funny because once you know, or even when you don't know. She sounds like a man. She sounds like a man. Like, we're sitting here watching it, and she's talking, and I'm like, she sounds like a dude. I've only seen this episode once or maybe twice before, and the first time I ever watched it, I was younger. I I was a kid, and the entire episode, I'm wondering, it's like, why does she sound so manly? So they arrive at her farm, and the gang is watching out the Mystery Machine, and they're watching this bigger guy chase these two other men who are riding on their motorcycle. Did the two men just, like, get out of their motorcycle and run off? I don't remember exactly what they did. Did they just... That was so long ago. (laughs) (laughs) I think that they did because I think they got scared and so they, like, bailed. Okay, but they came back. Yeah. Okay, I I don't really remember. But somehow the two men, they disappear. The gang go and they meet Vernon, who is a worker on the farm. He is really obviously dumb and he is kind of protective of Maud Fricker. He's like, you know, questioning them, trying to make sure they're not, you know, there to steal the secret formula that we're going to learn about a little later. It's not getting through to Vernon that, you know, they're friends of Maud and, you know, they just want to see her. So Jonathan uses his ventriloquism to make Vernon think that Maud is in the, in the barn. And he got her? perfectly well maybe because it's the same voice actor no i mean but like jonathan knew exactly what would what ma would oh, say oh right 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 right. so like after vernon is tricked they end up going into the house and that's when Maud basically repeats exactly what winter said i mean to a t almost it was crazy why didn't you call and blah 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 mm-hmm. and you know making vernon feel like a dumbass which he is for a second time because <laughs> he fell for it the first time right my next note is i hate this <laughs> i'm assuming that that's about the episode <laughs> <laughs> i said um well it could have just been about because the next note i have is about the two guys acting super sketchy oh so they're in the the house now they're talking to uh, Maud, Maud Fricker, and the two men that we saw on the motorcycle return. And they're like walking around the house and looking through the windows at the gang and everyone. Well, and at this point, we still believe that they're searching around the property for the chicken thing. Okay, yeah, the, the formula. So to explain, Maud tells the gang and Jonathan Winters that it was it her father or her grandfather or something. Someone above her. Someone had a secret formula that made the chicken feed make the chickens like grow super size and he hid it right before he died somewhere on the farm which i'm sorry is probably the stupidest thing i've ever heard in my life because okay first off you can make millions of dollars off of that that's even what ma said at one point is she could make millions off of it so why would you hide it from your own freaking family like i could see I could see you hiding it just in a safe or whatever. You know, you don't want the general public getting to know. Like the uh, Krabby Patty formula. Yeah. He hides it in a safe. Now, who you give the safe code to is something completely different. You get to control who gets the formula. But to just genuinely be like, I'm going to die soon. I'm going to go bury it. Fuck everyone else, even if this farm fails. Like, that's so rude. Also, giant chickens, people would come from all around the world to see a giant chicken. Like, aside from all the chicken you could sell to people, like, that's a tourist attraction. Yeah. Like, you would be... Did they say what state this was in? No. Okay, well, whatever state it is, Nebraska, you could be, like, that state's tourist attraction. <laughs> yeah, I I think that the two men peering through the window is fucking creepy. Yeah. It's so creepy. Uh, the gang is meeting Maude Fricker and everything. I noticed that she has two framed pictures in the house that both say, God bless our home. Like, it's they're identical. Super weird. They're identical. One's over the couch, and one is over Maude Fricker's recliner. 
I think that maybe like the artists just forgot where it was and so they put it on every wall. Well, you saw it back to back though for a moment. Like, yeah, because they forgot. Okay. <laughs> sometimes Daphne speaks from Velma's body. They sometimes just forget. Sometimes we forget about crash planes in the middle of a Hawaiian jungle. It's yeah, okay. It doesn't matter. <laughs> sometimes we forget that they're supposed to be a mystery. We just don't know what is going on all the time. I wrote down, why does Winters constantly look like he's about to melt or die? <laughs> the way he is drawn in this episode sometimes just he baffles just, me. He always looks miserable. His skin is like all wrinkly and it's like, I'm not sure if they're just like trying to go like really realistic or detailed or what, but he just looks wonky the entire episode. And this is something that I think is inherent to the new Scooby-Doo movies when it comes to the artistry is because there's constantly weird proportions and odd animation errors going on in the episodes and there's just so many that i don't even bother writing them down most of the time because there's just a lot so then someone knocks on the door and that scares scooby yeah he goes and hides underneath the couch and then vernon takes a moment because he doesn't remember how to open a door he doesn't know what a door handle is or how to use it something like that he opens the door and it's simon shaky who i guess is a local banker he is the one who is working with Modficker on giving her the loan for her, uh, what'd she call it? Grandma Frickert's Fried Fricker Seeds. That no one can remember the name of. Yeah, everyone takes a moment and like pronounces the name all wonky and incorrect. And I mean, no one knows the name. Like, not one Not even person. Mod. Not even Ma at one point. Like, she's like, literally what she says is... Let's just forget about the pronunciation and get this thing off the ground. Like, Ma, you can't get it off the ground if you don't know the name of your own company. I'm wondering what her history is with this guy because she's not nice to him. He walks in and she goes, Simon, I'd like you to meet my friends. Kids, he's nobody's friend. Yeah. So he tells her, I've got some bad news for you. And she goes, well, don't call me Maude if you've got bad news for me. Or if you're not giving me the loan. The name's Miss Frickett or whatever she says. I don't know. She didn't get the loan. (laughs) She gets mad and basically kicks him out. And it's just like, I'll be coming and taking my $27 out from your bank. Which, if you only have $27 in the bank, they're not going to give you a loan. (laughs) I liked when... Her and Simon were sitting on the couch and they were crushing Scooby underneath. Scooby looked so miserable. He cried at one point, like physical human tears. (laughs) Um, That scene basically ends with Scooby like crawling out from underneath the couch and then he lays there and looks at the camera and that's it. She never feeds them dinner and she goes, okay, um, Vernon, go show them to their rooms. They're going to be awake at 4 a.m. Well, they agreed to help out around the farm. They did. But like... You didn't even feed them. That's the whole reason they showed up was because you were making a homemade dinner. <laughs> they go outside and they see the two bearded guys. And they decide to, you know, chase them, try and find them. My thing is just go and call the police. These are just men trespassing on your property, looking through your windows. They're basically harassing you. Like, go yeah. call the police. That's all you have to do. I know they don't turn out to be villains or anything like that, but still, that's really weird. The police would have helped settle the whole situation fairly quickly. Instead, they decide to run around the entire property. And by the end of the episode, they've spent the entire night dealing with this. Because at the end of the episode, the sun's rising. Yeah. Like, they did not sleep tonight. No, they didn't. And also, they were so irrelevant to the story, it didn't matter. They needed... 30 minutes to burn, and so they threw these two guys in, which is kind of like the whole point of the chicken formula. It was actually kind of irrelevant to the story, if you think about it. I'm well, like, yeah, no, the Scarecrow was because- there because of it, but they don't spend a lot of time discussing or dealing with the formula. And then they brush it under the rug so quickly at the end of the episode. Yeah. So Mod goes, okay, some of you come with me, and the rest of you... Go with Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Like, she did not split them up at all. It wasn't, you two come with me, you two go over there. She believes in these kids being independent. Yeah, she's like, y'all are old enough to know what's going on. And so she's like, some of you come with me, and she starts walking away. So obviously, like, no offense, but the smart half of the gang, <laughs> go with Maude. Um, 
So, yeah, Fred, Daphne, and Velma join her. Scooby and Shaggy are left with Jonathan Winters. To which that reaction is, so where should we go? And Jonathan's like, well, I think Vernon might need help down the by the watermill. And Shaggy, like, is aware. And this is what I love is that, like, they're aware that each other are chickens. And so Shaggy's like, I know if you don't lead, you're going to stay here. And so his response is, okay, we'll follow you. And Jonathan basically is just like, well, shit, all right. <laughs> we join Maude, Fred, Daphne, and Velma in the wheat field. And they decide to split up in the wheat field to try and, you know, see if they can find the one guy, the one that's not wearing the glasses. And that's where she specifically splits them up. She wants to be with Fred because she's wet for Fred. Hashtag wet for Fred. She thinks that he looks like her idol, Glenn Campbell. Which I looked up Glenn Campbell we can see it. I'll post it on our Twitter. Um, you can see the comparison. <laughs> we go back to Shaggy, Scooby, and Jonathan Winters. They're at the mill. And they're like, Vernon, where have you been? Because they literally came to the water mill to help Vernon find the guy. And so they were like, Vernon, where have you been? And he was like, oh, I've just been over here whacking bushes. And it was like, what? And they were like, oh, do you want to whack bushes? And she, was it Shaggy or Jonathan that was like, yeah, we're not really bushwhacking people. And the entire time I'm just sitting there like, oh, my God, like fucking hashtag bushwhacking. <laughs> um, I was crying. And then they came to the watermill. They're like, OK, heads, you go in, tails, I go in. And so they flip the coin. It's tails. Jonathan has to go in. And so he's like, oh, wait, 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 wait. It was a Canadian coin. If we were in Canada, that'd (laughs) be okay. But we're in America. And so he's like, okay, so then he flips a quarter. Now it's heads, so Shaggy and Scooby have to go in. And so then Shaggy was like, oh, well, where we come from, you actually, it's best two out of three here. And Jonathan's like, okay. And and Shaggy goes, wait, 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 wait. Let me flip it this time. And then literally just throws it in the air. And he's like, oh, I don't see it. I must have thrown it too hard. And Jonathan's like, yeah, I see it. It's going around orbit around the moon. Like, he literally just chucked the thing up in the air. Which You don't see it again. It never landed. It really, it's in outer space floating around. Back in the wheat field, Daphne, Velma, Fred, and Maude, they decide to set up a signal that they'll, like, signal each other if they see something weird. So... Maude goes to do a whistle as an example, but she doesn't, but she can't whistle and she blames on her store-bought teeth. Um, something I find funny about her is just some of the weird things she says. I don't remember what prompted her to say this, but she said, well, I'll be dipped in detergent. I know. <laughs> there are a few things as we talk about the episode I want to bring up more, but yeah, well, I'll be dipped in detergent was, that's one that I haven't heard before. So I was... That that one got me a little bit. She mentioned to Fred that the Scarecrow is wearing one of Vernon's suits that he should wear to, like, the Saturday market or something like that. And when the Scarecrow disappears, she goes, Oh, no, now Vernon's clothes are gone. <laughs> like, she was genuinely concerned. About his clothes, not about the fact that the Scarecrow <laughs> just up and walked away. Um... It does cut back to the most annoying part of the watermill scene that I just want to touch on because I have never in my life wished Shaggy dead before. Explain. I cannot no longer say that. Um, so, sh- and, and it wasn't necessarily Shaggy's fault. He's just also kind of an idiot. Um, so... Jonathan wants Shaggy to grab onto the water wheel, have it lift him up, and then have him hop into a window. Which, first off, um, we already know that Shaggy can jump that high on his own. He's the most swingiest gymnast in school. And you cannot tell me that stuff doesn't transfer between universes right now, because they do talk about Shaggy being a ventriloquist also, and that's also in Where Are You? That's the same episode, actually. Yeah. That's the only episode that you really see. So so if you're going to reference something from the exact same episode where you jump like five stories on your own, you cannot tell me that you can't jump that one story. So besides all of that, he grabs onto the water wheel. 
And he basically starts waterboarding himself. Like, he's drowning, he's back up, he's drowning, he's back up. And so this goes on for, like, way too long he would have been dead. I was hoping he would die just so the scene would be over. When he grabbed onto it and he's, like, up in the air, he yelled zoinks. And then Jonathan goes, don't zoink. Yeah. So Vernon shows back up and he's like, oh, Shaggy, I'll grab you, you know, the next time you come around. And so he grabs... Goes to grab Shaggy, misses, falls onto the middle of the wheel and starts running with it. And then Jonathan makes a comment and goes, he might not be so lucky next time. Scooby, grab onto Shaggy's legs the next time he comes around. um, Implying, grab his legs and pull him off of the water wheel. What instead happens is Scooby grabs onto Shaggy's legs and just starts rotating with him. And at this point, I'm hoping someone drowns and this episode is over. <laughs> All the while, one of the two bearded men are, like, hiding in the mill. He doesn't know what's going on. Could you imagine being that guy and just hearing all this bullshit outside? And you're just like, <laughs> can I leave? Like, They end up getting out of the water wheel. Uh, I think it was Vernon who fell back into the window at the top of the mill and he knocks over a bag of flour that lands on the bearded guy. So now the bearded guy looks like a ghost. And from what I gather from this entire scene, you know, because Vernon, Shaggy, Scooby, they're all fucking around on this water <laughs> wheel. All that I've gathered from this scene is that Winters is useless. Jonathan is so useless. He never tries to show that he's useful. Like, he, every point of action that he takes, it's, I'm not doing that. He tells the boys, why don't you go down and help Vernon? Like, I'll be over here. At some point, he says, I'll find us a good hiding spot. You know, he hides somewhere so he doesn't have to do something. When whatever's falling and he's like, I'll stand all the way back here. Like, he never tries to be useful. He's just always a useless character to have. Right. So after the bearded guy is covered in the flower, the two groups start to reunite. Yeah. Back at the farm. As they're all running around and hiding and trying to do whatever of course uh winters shaggy and scooby all hide they end up under the mystery machine yes and vernon comes running his eyes looked like a psychopath he looked deranged he yes like he was insane his eyes were like almost bloodshot why were they hiding from vernon I think they were just running in general because they're all chickens. And then because but they were hiding underneath the mystery machine, but they can see Vernon. No, they saw his feet. Because they said at one point, like, oh, that must be the other guy. Oh, okay. So okay. while everyone's running around, the girls end up, because it's just Velma and Daphne at this point, uh, end up in the barn. There's a sleeping horse. And Oh, by this point, they've established that the, the scarecrow's alive. Oh, yes. Yeah. So they've also been chasing the Scarecrow, too. They're just kind of running from everything, chasing everyone. Like, it's just, it's Everyone's a running around everywhere. You don't know where anyone is. No. And so the girls end up in the barn. And so they're sitting there trying to figure out what they need to do next. What's, what's their next move? Is he in here? Do we want to find him? Do we want to run from him? Velma's like, well, he's not this sleeping horse, so he must be elsewhere. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the door opens and a man starts to walk in. And so they're like, oh, shit, we got to get out of here. It's just Vernon. It's just Vernon, which everybody's running from Vernon. Frankly, so would I. He's kind of terrifying right now. So the girls start to run out. And Daphne goes, where are the men? And Velma goes, they're never around when you need them. (laughs) I've never felt like Velma more in my life. (laughs) I like that Vernon questions the horse. If he's seen anybody. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, why am I asking you? You're just a dumb animal. Like, bitch, so are you. (laughs) They eventually capture the two bearded men that have been running around this entire property. One of them was hiding in a barrel of water. And the other jumped down that well. And... Mog... Mod... Mog? Mog. (laughs) Mod gets really mad because the guy that jumped in the barrel jumped in her shampoo water. Ew. <laughs> Which implies they don't have running water and she showers outside in a barrel. Okay. Well, <laughs> the guys explain that they're in the music business and they wanted to talk to Mod Figured about 
renting out the farm so they can have like a Woodstock style rock concert. As the guys say at one point is that every time they come by, Vernon would chase them off the property. And so they've obviously tried before. So why wouldn't you try and figure something out? Why don't you just call and be professionals? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my only thing is, like, because I would say call, but if she doesn't have running water... She might not she, have a phone. She <laughs> might not have a phone. I don't know. Maude is only okay with this concert happening if they can get Glenn Campbell to come. Because she is his number one fan. Yep. Maude tells them that there's a spare bedroom in the house and they can go stay in there and they'll talk about it in the morning. So, you know, that's where they go. They and lock you, themselves in. They walk themselves into the house, and you never see them again. No, they're just like, that scarecrow's your problem, deuces. That story is done now. Yep. You, know, you don't see them again, ever. So then they start talking about who the scarecrow could be. Suddenly they realize that Vernon is gone. Yeah, he has suddenly disappeared, didn't tell anyone where he was going. They think for a second that him being stupid is an act. So they decide to go back out into the wheat field and see if they can find the scarecrow there. Which is now Vernon. That's who they think the Scarecrow is. Yeah. Shaggy and Scooby debate going with them to the wheat field, saying that if Vernon actually is smart and that his stupidity is an act, then he knows that the group is going to go out there to look for him, which means he's not out there. He's on the farm, which is where they are. So that's what motivates them to go with the rest of the group to the wheat field. Which is fair, because the Scarecrow was on the farm... The second Scooby and Shaggy dipped, the Scarecrow started digging on the farm. Yes. Now, the next time we see the Scarecrow, he has, like, a huge hole buried. And so that's when we found out, like, she does have a, a large wheat field. She does have a large cornfield. And they were out searching that for a long time. So it is imaginable to say that they were out there all night searching. Yeah, probably about an hour, maybe an hour and a half. They didn't find Scarecrow in the wheat field, so they move on to the cornfield. I think Shaggy and Scooby joined them separately. Yeah. Because they weren't all together at this point. And I think that Shaggy's brain is fried from the poi because he does not understand how corn works. He's literally so confused on why corn is wrapped in the green things. And literally That's it's what like he calls it, it's like the green stuff, the yeah. green things. It's and he's crops. Like, he's like, it would take hours to wrap it. Why would they wrap it? We need to unwrap it. And it's like, oh my god. He also doesn't recognize Fred's voice. Fred said something. I don't remember what it was. And Shaggy's reaction is like, oh, shit, that's somebody. We got to get out of here. Like, yeah, I don't know. You, you, you are with him 24-7, 365 days out of the year. It's the poi. It's warping his mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, something I noted about this that I actually liked when they're all out there in the field and everything, you hear, like, this background audio of, like, crickets and yeah. other, like, night sounds you would hear out in this kind of environment. And I think it really set the tone for, like, where they are, what time of the day or night it is. I don't know. It was just a really subtle, nice touch that I will compliment this episode for. Um, my next note says, mindless, silent, sigh-inducing nonsense. Which is funny because my next note is, I hate this. <laughs> they, I don't know if they're back on the farm or where they are, but now they're in, I think the, I don't know exactly what led to this, but now Shaggy, Scooby, and Jonathan Winters are in the horse staples. Yeah. And... They're hiding in one of the staples, and the Scarecrow is in the one right next to them. This begins a super long, drawn-out bit of Jonathan Winters using his ventriloquism to try and make the Scarecrow think that they've got the entire staple surrounded by the police and the army, and Shaggy even tries to throw in the president. Like, But that was too much. That was too much, but... The Scarecrow not once ever looks up to see if the police are really there. Yeah, he did. Well, at the end. But so he never looked up throughout the entire, like, we're, we've got this place around it, and oh, everybody back up, and blah, 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 you know, the whole act. He never looks up, and this thing goes on for, like, 20 minutes, he never looks up. And at one point, Jonathan is standing up, and all the Scarecrow had to do was, like, look slightly to his left, and he would have seen him. Yeah. So I'm, it, the whole thing is so infuriating. Finally, the, the, I almost said vampire. Finally, the scarecrow looks up, realizes absolutely nobody is there. And he's like, well, this is stupid. And he looks to his left and, you know, there's the, the guys all standing there. And so he 
has personal space issues, he gets right up in Scooby's face. Scooby and Shaggy see him and freak out a bit. Shaggy is traumatized. (laughs) His face displayed horror and trauma. That's it. I think it's the poi. I think he's whizzing out on it. Jonathan doesn't realize what Scooby and Shaggy are doing, you know, because they're reacting to the scarecrow. Mm -hmm. So he's continuing trying to do this, like, helicopter sound effect. And Shaggy, like, stops him. And Jonathan looks at the scarecrow and is like, oh, hey. And then then continues doing the helicopter. And then he stops. He's like, oh, what's that word that you were saying earlier? And Shaggy, who just looks straight up just ready to die, He's just like, zoinks? And he's like, yeah, zoinks! And they all freak out and they run. Shaggy and Scooby end up in this motorcycle. Now, the motorcycle isn't anyone besides the artists. and like Oh, pe- the music artists? Yeah. yeah. And people keep using it. It's rude. It's not yours. But so they both end up hiding in the side cart, which is very, very small. Of the motorcycle. Of the motorcycle. And... Shaggy gets out, realizes nobody's around, so it's safe. And so he's like, all right, come on, bud. Like, let's get out. And Scooby tries to get out, and he's stuck. And so Shaggy pulls him out. And my comment for that was like, don't forget to shake out your Scooby. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Jonathan Winters has joined Daphne, Fred, Velma, and Maude. They're all, like, trying to survey the area and look for the scarecrow. Again, like, I never really know where anyone is because everyone's constantly moving or hiding or there's, all over this property. There's so many different characters and they're always moving. So, yeah, it, it, it's like trying to keep track of monkeys. At one point, they're running, like, super fast. I think they all had powers, like the Flash. Oh, heck yeah. Um, well, and then that's when Maude is up in in her house, like, surveying her property. She sees the Scarecrow go into the grain elevator. She and- thinks so. Is that what she thought? I don't know, because she's like, if everyone would stop moving, I could tell who they were. And suddenly, like, someone runs into the thing. All we see is a blur. And she's like, oh, that's where he went. I'm like, you don't fucking know. Um, while they all go into the grain elevator to see, you know, if a scarecrow's in there, Shaggy and Scooby go and they hide in a chicken coop. Which, <laughs> the line for it was, let's go hide in here with the rest of the chickens. Of course. When... Daphne, Fred, Velma, and the others are in the grain elevator. They decide that before they're going to go up to the top where they think the scarecrow is, Ma's going to go get a lantern real quick. So she goes back to the house, grabs one, and she's passing the chicken coop, and she realizes that the door to it is open. She was triggered. She was so mad at Vernon for leaving the door open. So she closes it, and now Shaggy and Scooby are trapped inside. Which Scooby is then very alarmed. And Shaggy's just like, eh, it's all right. Somebody passed by. They didn't see us anyway. No big deal. He is so concerned that he is just starving. He hasn't eaten, I mean, all night. So for Shaggy, that's a lot. They're both basically about to die of starvation. Yeah, he, he's looking for chicken feed to eat. Yeah. Like, he'll eat anything at this point. He suggests waking the chickens and then making them lay eggs so that they can eat the eggs. Which isn't how that works, but okay. <laughs> So Shaggy does a cockle-doo-doo-doo sound and wakes up all the chickens and they're all freaking out. There's roosters in the pen. Yeah. And I'm sorry. (laughs) If you want eggs, you never put roosters and chickens in the same pen. The roosters will fertilize the eggs and you don't get eggs, you get chicks. Aside from that, all of the chickens are, you know, freaking out and Shaggy could be trying to escape the coop. But again, the door's shut and locked. So they decide to start digging their way out of the coop. Back with the rest of the gang in the grain elevator, they see the scarecrow now at the other side of the the top area. There was a really weird transition, like showing the distance of how far he is away from them. They made it seem like it was like miles. <laughs> when they first see the, the scarecrow on the other side of the thing... Jonathan Winters does the one and only brave thing he does in the entire hour and a half that we know him. Hour and a half? It's only 40 minutes long. Is it really? (laughs) Jonathan Winters does the one and only brave thing that we have seen in this entire episode. He goes, I'll go get him. And he walks around like he's going to go get this scarecrow. (laughs) Right. He's been a chicken shit this entire time and continues to be a chicken shit after this moment. But, like, that's that's his brave moment. He's like, I'm going to go get the Scarecrow. Right. That's when the Scarecrow is now somehow behind Jonathan. 
he trips on the hammer and falls down the grain elevator. He should have died well, with the height that he fell. He's an old man, keep in mind. It's Simon. A, it's, yeah. it's a banker. Well, and so then it, we we do see Shaggy and Scooby back in the chicken pen, and they've started digging. Well, the last time we saw them, they were digging two separate holes, which was stupid to me, but okay. The next time we see them, they've done like seven two-inch holes. That's not going to do anything to get you out. They find a metal box into which Shaggy is very confused because metal boxes don't grow from the ground, do they? Shaggy's such an imbecile. It's the poi. It's the poi. <laughs> so he opens it up and there's a bunch of like crackers in there. So he's like, oh, I'm going to eat them. And this rooster chows the whole fucking box down in like two seconds. It turns out that the crackers are the secret formula that they mentioned at the beginning of the episode that makes the chickens huge. So now we have a giant... Like, 10-foot... Rooster. 10-story rooster. Like, the thing is huge. (laughs) I thought it was really interesting that when he grew, he grew to the point where the chicken coop, like, exploded. Yeah. Yeah. But before the coop actually, like, burst, you could see the outline of the rooster, like, behind it. They tried really hard on that animation. (laughs) And then when the coop broke, there were, like, three small chickens underneath him when before we saw at least, like... 20. 20 of them. Uh, Now the giant chicken is chasing Shaggy and Scooby around the farm, and they run past the grain elevator, which, at this point, Fred has released the grain in order to try and capture the scarecrow. And... All of that grain lands on the chicken and Shaggy and Scooby. He released 20 tons of grain. Fred says that he did. I don't know exactly how much. I mean, that's a lot of grain. Shaggy (laughs) is dead. Shaggy died. And I mean, when it hit, the first reaction I had was, okay, so Shaggy's dead. And Velma, her first reaction is, well, what do we do now? Bitch, you hold a funeral. Your friend just died. (laughs) So So when Velma asks, what do we do next? Um... They're like, do we go dig them out? Like, what do we do? And they were like, no, no, no. They'll unbury themselves. Shaggy crawls out of the grain. Looking so traumatized. As the boy, man. He's had a day, man. He has had a day. And then the rooster and everybody else comes out. Scooby and the scarecrow are riding this giant ass chicken around the farm. Yes. And to which Maud replies like, don't let that chicken get away. He, that could feed, you know, whatever for a year. Yeah. And so she grabs onto one of the rooster's feathers and invents a new game called chicken skiing. I don't really know what happened in this scene, to be honest. Like, it just went on for a really long time. They were chasing the rooster around. Um, the gang, the rest of the gang jumps in the mystery machine, and they start driving that around to try and catch him because, like, they can't keep up on foot. Maude and Jonathan hop in the motorcycle. Jonathan was already hiding in the motorcycle. Oh, okay. But Maude hops in the driver's seat and is now driving it. And they're both, like, on either side of the rooster as it's running up this train track that's right by them. Which I don't know why there's a train track running through the middle of her farm, but okay. Eventually, the formula that made the chicken huge wears off. Which, personally to me, wore off very, very quickly compared to, like, how much she ate. Like, if you were to feed one chicken one cracker, it'd probably get, like, a decent size. But, like, I would figure... For how much everybody was freaking out about this formula, I thought the chicken would get that big with one cracker and it'd last longer than it did. I thought it'd be permanent. I mean, at least permanent, but like my thought would be you'd kill the chicken and start. But here's my thought. Okay. Because mods like, you know, oh, that'll feed whatever for a year. I think her company is what she wanted. that'll, That'll supply my business for a year. Yeah. Um, if, if she were to kill the chicken while it's big separate it and all that, do all the stuff that, you know, you sell out to people. When the formula wears off, would the dead chicken then shrink? Or because you killed it while it's big, is it big forever? These are the questions I don't care about. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the gang pulls into the uh, railroad crossing and is like, all right, we're going to stop here and, like, catch the chicken. I don't really know what's going to happen. Suddenly, luckily, the chicken starts shrinking. And by the time it reaches the machine... Scooby is holding the scarecrow who's holding the tiny chicken, or rooster, I'm sorry. And um, they nab the scarecrow and now they have him. 
one other line that Maude had said that made me laugh was, well, snap my garters, which I feel like is the equivalent of, well, slap my ass. (laughs) Everyone still believes that Vernon is the scarecrow. And she said that she is going to fire him, not because of all this nonsense, but because he left the chicken coop open. Which is very irrelevant to me. (laughs) And the scarecrow, Simon Shaky takes offense to this. Oh, he took real offense. He said, how dare you mistake me for Vernon? And, you know, they realize who he is, and he explains that he wanted to find the formula and start his own business. The typical stuff. And Vernon shows up in the back of a police car. For a second, I thought he got arrested for killing somebody. I did, too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, After the police arrest... Simon, I like that Maude, like, gets a kick out of saying, well, too bad you won't be around for my rock festival. Ha! (laughs) (laughs) Well, and she also vocalizes, because he's talking about the formula, you know, this is why I committed the crime. And she was like, well, it's pointless because it wears off. Duh, bitch, we all just saw it. Like, he was riding the fucking rooster (laughs) while it wore off. Like, everyone is aware it wears off. It's okay, you don't have to vocalize it. Right. Velma points out that now the sun is rising. So, like I said before, they didn't sleep tonight. This entire episode takes place over the course of the entire night. Well, and she That's asks, exhausting. It is. And she also asks where all the chickens are. They're dead. And, like, that's my real concern right now is, like, where are all the chickens? When because the one rooster grew, he, like, crushed all the other ones, Except I'm for assuming. three of them. <laughs> except for three of them. But all the other ones are dead. But Who that's the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so... Did it meet your expectations? Did it exceed them? Did it disappoint you? The only experience I have had with this series is what we watched in season one, which was the dynamic Scooby-Doo affair. Yes. I hated it. It got a two. No, it got a three. Oh, the dynamic Scooby-Doo affair. Yeah. Yeah. The dynamic Scooby-Doo affair almost got a two. The only reason it got a three was because I liked Batman. Yes. So this one... I know I liked this one more than I liked the Scooby-Doo affair because I laughed a lot more. I did. I genuinely did laugh. It was funny to me. It still was not my favorite. I don't want as much filler. I want there to be more meaning. This one had an entire side story that took up the entire episode and it had nothing to do with the scarecrow and that was so pointless and stupid to me i felt like i wasted time and i feel like that's a common problem with this series it is, is. That there's always some side plot going on that doesn't pay off at all to no. the main mystery going on because literally once the two band members walk into the house they're never mentioned they're never spoken to they're never seen again Not even when the cops show up, they don't show up to be like, hey, what's going on? Like, they know there's a crazy scarecrow running around and they're like, we're going to go in the house, deuces by. Like, nobody cares anymore. Right. And so that was just the stupidest thing to me. So what was your rating on the Scooby Snackometer? I actually gave it a four. Okay. Uh, I did like it. Like I said, I, I did laugh. I did genuinely think some of the lines were really funny. I liked the dynamic between a lot of the characters. It's getting better. Okay. I actually have to agree with you with the rating. I gave it a four as well. I not only compared it to the dynamic Scooby-Doo affair, because I feel like it improved upon it. Like I found it more entertaining. Yes. But I also compared it to the episode we watched last season, E-I-E-I-O, mm-hmm. because that was also dealing with a farm that had a formula that made animals huge and, you know, the same kind of... Concept. The, the same concept. And with that episode, I also gave it a four. Oh, okay. I think that... This story, you know, really straightforward. It's nonsensical. It can't happen in the real world, which kind of takes me out of it a bit when we're not dealing with real supernatural villains yet. Yeah. And aside from that, E-I-E-I-O was only seven minutes long. This was 44 minutes long. And I feel like it accomplished the same thing. Yeah. We only had to watch it twice as compared to the three times we had to watch that seven minute long episode. Yeah. But I was so miserable watching this because a lot of it was filler and slow and boring. Like, yeah, I got laughs out of it, but I still found it so boring. But like half of our notes, not half, but like some of our notes in here are literally, I hate this, I'm so bored. And like, although I did 
overall enjoy most of the episode. It was still so boring at parts. And it was like, this didn't need to be in here. It's filler. It's pointless. What did that have to do with anything? Yeah. I don't know. I guess it met my expectations because I'm not a fan of the new Scooby-Doo movies. I've never really been a big fan of it. So I guess I got what I expected. You think four is the highest you're going to go with this series? I don't know. I feel like some of the new Scooby-Doo movies that I've seen have entertained me, but I don't know which ones they are because we'll I don't <laughs> I don't care about this series. No. There are so much better ones and this one just it doesn't wow me at all. So, are you ready to hear the fun fact of the week? Sure. It actually is related to this episode. Okay, I'm excited. The villain, the scarecrow, is one of the three the new Scooby-Doo movies villains that you're going to encounter in the video game Scooby-Doo Night of 100 Frights. Really? Mm-hmm. The Scarecrow, as well as a Gargoyle and the Ghost of Captain Moody. They're the three villains from this series that you're going to encounter in that video game. Fun. I mean, I'm surprised that any villain from this series made it into that game because none of these villains are memorable at all. And they're not really that scary. They don't even really play that big of a role in the episode. No. The Scarecrow took up maybe 10 minutes of it. Yeah. But the Scarecrow is actually one of the more common villains that you encounter in that game. Funny enough. Weird. I think it's just because it's a really easy villain to beat. Okay. But, yeah. the something funny I noticed is that this villain's one of them that's in that game. And that's my favorite video game for Scooby-Doo. So, I can't wait until we talk about that one day. Woohoo! We're going to be watching the Scooby-Doo show next week. And are you ready to randomize to see what we're watching, Shannon? Of course. All right. And for next week, we will be watching The Creepy Case of Old Iron Face. So this is the premise coming from Scoobypedia. Old Iron Face, a legendary character who haunts the area around an island prison, terrorizes the gang. That's it? Yep, that's all it says. Oh, okay. If it's Alcatraz, I'm going to be mad. I was going to say, is it going to be like that vampire one? (laughs) I guess we'll see. So if you would like to watch the episode before we review it next week, you can watch it on a variety of different formats. It's available on the Scooby-Doo Where Are You? The Complete Third Season DVD set, as well as the Scooby-Doo Where Are You? The Complete Series DVD set. It's also available on iTunes, I believe, and you can probably find it on Amazon, too. And we are also able to watch it on the free Scooby-Doo Microsoft app. As always, if you guys want to communicate with us about the episodes that we are reviewing, future episodes, past episodes, or just anything Scooby in general, you can tweet us at GroovyScoopCast. You can email us at thatgroovyscoopcast at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website, www.thatgroovyscoopcast.com. And with that, we hope that you enjoyed That Groovy Scoopcast. We hope you join us next week for a Scooby snack filled time. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.